Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Come on, put your hands together one more time for Jesus, if you would. I love it. I love it. Um, Hey, uh, I know we've already welcomed all of our guests, but I do want to just introduce myself. My name is Brandon, and my wife Hannah and I, we're the pastors here, and just super honored to have you, especially all of you who are here for these dedications. Love it. Love that you're in the room, and um, and also just all of you who are watching online, want to take a quick moment and welcome you. So glad we get to do this. We've got friends that watch all over the nation. We've got a few friends overseas that watch. Come on, new community, put your hands together and welcome those who are still in their PJs today. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Hey, we are um, in a series we're calling Holy Shift. Be careful. Be careful. But we're calling it Holy Shift, and we're really talking about what life with the Holy Spirit really looks like. And it's week two. It's part two. And the reason why we're doing this is really twofold. Number one, back at Easter, we asked our whole church, we did a survey and asked like, hey, what are the things, questions you have? What are the, the, the topics about faith or life or God that you just, you just got some confusion about or just need more clarity? And this was one of those topics, the Holy Spirit. What is this really about? And then the other reason we do that is because we're doing this series is because there is, just when it comes to the Holy Spirit, just tends to be a lot of confusion uh, around the whole conversation anyway. And maybe I think the problem is for some people that, uh, as we saw last week, some people, they just, they, they have no they experience or exposure or knowledge of the Holy Spirit. We looked at a story in the Bible, Acts, Christians who had been following Jesus for some time, but they had never heard about the Holy Spirit. And Paul took a minute to introduce them. So you've got that kind of experience. But I think the other side of the coin for the problem behind that confusion is that some of you have had an experience or maybe an experience with a church or you watched a reel or you watched a, a documentary or something that they said this was the Holy Spirit or someone who was kind of, you know, kind of critiquing what was going on and you saw that and things looked a little crazy and things looked a little absurd and you just said, hey, if that's the Holy Spirit, I don't want that. And I think that's pretty common for a lot of people. And so we love bringing clarity and we want to talk about this because it's so important. In fact, we believe it's a key to the full life God has for us. And we recognize that in this room, there are so many different people and we're coming from so many different angles and spaces. And if you are here and you've had a negative experience, let me just say, I'm so glad you're here because I do think that you could discover something so powerful about the truth of who the Holy Spirit is. But real quick, just help me out, because as I said, I think there's so many of us here from so many different backgrounds, and I just need your help. How many of you, you kind of grew up and you kind of had a Baptist background? Maybe your parents went to a Baptist church. Raise your hands if you went there. There you are. We know. Raising your hands, I know it's challenging, but thank you for doing that. Very grateful for you. How many about Methodists in the room? Any Methodists in the room? Okay, there you are. How about, um, how about any of our Presbyterians? We got any Presbyterians? There we are. How about any Catholics, Episcopalians? Come on, there you are. Well, that, those are the charismatic Catholics over there. And then um, how many of you are just all of the above? Like your parents, just, it was just like, a, you know, Sunday was just anyone, all of the above, you went to everything. Uh, how about charismatics? Two hands, two hands. Come on, everybody, if you're charismatic. That's, <laughs> anyways, there's a few light bulb jokes there. Um, uh, second, uh, how about none? How about maybe you've never had a church experience growing up? Anybody? You may be the best off out of everybody in the room. Seriously, we, that's again, we get it. We're coming at this conversation from so many different vantage points, 
so many different experiences, and, and really, it adds a lot of confusion, and we want to try to get everyone on the same page. I don't want to share my experiences or just my opinions. I want us to look at Scripture. What did Jesus say? What did God say? What is Siri saying about who the Holy Spirit is? <laughs> she said I was talking too much. That's what she said. You just wait. All right. <laughs> Seriously, I think it's a conversation worth having, and I'm really excited because I, I think there is some clarity we can bring. But beyond that, beyond just clarity to a, to a topic, we believe that you desperately need the Holy Spirit in your life. Desperately. And I believe that if we're really going to be the church that God called us to be, we have to have the Holy Spirit. He cannot be the, the crazy cousin in the corner that we don't talk about. We've, we've got to be able not just to understand, but to truly have hearts open. I'll say it this way. We believe that the Holy Spirit is the key to the full life that God has for us. He's the key. And last week, Pastor Hannah, she taught on who the Holy Spirit is and what did Jesus say about that and what did Scripture say about who the Holy Spirit is. And I just want to encourage you, she did such an awesome job laying a foundation for where we're going over the next few weeks. And so if you didn't catch that, uh, I want to invite you to go back, listen to the podcast, watch it online, but just kind of because I think it lays such a good foundation for you and for me about who the Holy Spirit is. But I also think her invitation from last week is the same invitation for each each one of us today, and that's this. I want to give it to you. Today, I'm just asking you to clear your slate. Just every misconception, every fear, just, just some of the things that you've seen or experienced, and maybe if you just, just kind of the, 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 the slate that's just blank. I mean, just let's just clear the slate, and let's invite God. Let's invite God to come and speak to us about His Holy Spirit. Good? If that's good, say bueno. Come on, I like, I like that. It's a good old boy now. Um, hey, and uh, today what I want to do for part two is, as I said, Hannah last week spoke about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? But I, I think there's another term surrounding this whole conversation that gets a little confusing, and, and I, I want to bring some clarity to that, and that is this term Pentecost, or maybe you've heard Pentecostal. What is Pentecost? What is Pentecostal? What does all that mean? And for some of you, this word, this phrase is the one that causes you to kind of push back and shy away. Like what, what are, are the, what is Pentecost? What is Pentecostal? Is that a group? Is it a, is it a person, place, or thing? Like what are we, what, what game are we playing here? For, you know, maybe you're thinking like, are they the ones that wear long jean skirts and make the donuts? And um, one, no. And two, they don't make the donuts anymore, right? Miss Yoder's. I know, it's a sad thing. So no, um, they're, they're not those, that's not the same thing. And for some of you, you've, you've heard some crazy, are, do they do weird things and have weird styles? And are they the ones that handle snakes? And that is only true out in King William County. I hear that is not them. Hey, hey. <laughs> Get my belt buckle up and just talk to you later. <laughs> Yeehaw. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, who, what does this mean? And what is Pentecost all about? And I just want to tell you, really, the answer, it's so simple. Pentecost isn't a denomination. Pentecostal is not a denomination. It's not, it, it's not an event. It's a day. It's actually a holiday, kind of like Memorial Day next weekend. It, it's just a holiday, and actually, it's an ancient Jewish holiday is where it comes from. It's kind of crazy. 
It's not really that scary. And actually, there's some wisdom. And when you understand that, that you understand more about what Pentecost is all about and what it represents for us who follow Jesus. In fact, let me say it this way, that the ancient Jewish nation, they had seven holidays. Three of them were major ones that they celebrated, kind of like our, our, you know, we've got Easter and Fourth of July, and then we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas. They had, like, their few that they... um, they had bank holidays for sure, but they had the ones that like, hey, this is what we all do. This is where we all get around. And each one of those three major holidays, Pentecost being one of them, they were all ordained by God and they, were, they celebrated some of the promises and pr- provision of God in some very specific and unique ways. They all had something very unique that they were celebrating. And so they, they, this is what this day, Pentecost, represents. And, but the, the problem is for you and me is most of us in the room, we're not Jewish, and so we hear this word or we read about it when we read through the New Testament. And we're like, whoa, what does this mean? What does all this represent? What, why is this such a big deal? Because it's, it's just not our holiday. And so what I want to do today before, I really think it's important that we take some time to understand what, does the, what was Pentecost really all about? And Because I think when we do that, and I think if I can help you understand that, I think you're going to not just gain more clarity about Jesus and why he came. I think there you'll find some clarity about the Holy Spirit and who he is and why he came. And I think also you'll discover not just that, but that you'll really kind of have some light bulb moments about why God did all this, why the Holy Spirit matters in the first place. So that's where we're going today, and I, I, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a great, a great thing that God's doing, a great work and a great word for us. So do me a favor, because we are going to do a little bit of Jewish history here. So do me a favor and look at the person next to you and s- tell them, buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. Yeah, because like I said, we're getting into a little bit of Jewish history. So let's do that. I told you there's three major holidays, but I want to look at two of them because I think you'll understand. It'll really help us understand where we're going and what this is all about. So the first one is one that most of us are probably very familiar with. It's the holiday of Passover. Passover. Passover is the holiday in ancient uh, Jewish uh, tradition and uh, that's still celebrated today. It's the one that they celebrate where God delivered the, the Jewish nation from slavery from Egypt. And I know many of you know that story, but can I just catch everyone up in the room for a minute? Is that okay? So what happened was the, the people were slaves in Egypt and God sent a, a deliverer named Moses to come and to, to deliver the people. But Pharaoh said, no, I will not let my people go. And so Disney made a movie. And so uh, anyway, so, um, and so Pharaoh said no. And Moses said, well, God's going to do it anyway. And what God did, he didn't just send Moses, but God sent plagues. And there were plagues that took over. And, and this 10th plague, this 10th plague that happened uh, was there was going to be this move throughout the, all of Egypt where the firstborn son of every family would die. And, and Moses warned Pharaoh, said, hey, God's going to do this if, if you don't let his people go. And Moses wouldn't do it. And so uh, Moses said, okay, well, we just, we're going to see what God does. And he went and God said, hey, I want you, you need to prepare the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. Here's what's going to happen. This spirit's going to move through the land that's going to take the firstborn son. But if the Hebrews want to be saved, here's what they need to do. They need to slaughter a lamb. And they need to take the blood of the lamb and put it over the doorpost, like the top and the sides of their doorpost. And when I move through the land, I will pass over the homes that are covered in the blood of the lamb. And so this happens. 
And this, this whole event happens, and Pharaoh, uh, he actually, after that, releases the, the Hebrew nation, and this, this millions of people, they begin to head out of the slavery and out of this. And just a few days later, God tells them, he says, hey, this thing that I did, this incredible deliverance I did for all of you, now I want you to celebrate it every year that I'm the God who passed over you. And, and I just want you to look, because it was actually dictated in ancient Jewish law how you celebrate. Passover. And when you see this, I think it's so insightful. Just hang with me for a few minutes. Here, here's what the law said, that the Passover lamb, when you celebrated this every year, the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed at 9 a.m. And then at 3 p.m., you put the lamb in the oven because everyone was supposed to celebrate this, this ritual meal together. Um, and, and it was all very timed. The whole day was very structured for how it worked. And, and this whole idea with this meal, it actually, as they did it, they talked about how this sacrifice, it represented how God covered, the sacrifice covered their sins. Now, that's really important language right there. It covered it. Because, see, that what, what's real is the people, these Israelites, they weren't actually able to be in relationship with God. They could be near God, but they were still sinful. And, and, and so every year they had to sacrifice this land to just cover the lamb, just to cover the sin, just kind of, you know, didn't take it away, but it just covered it. Now, here's what's so crazy, because remember I told you, in fact, I actually didn't tell you. Uh, these Jewish holidays, why they're so important, why, why, why is this matter for us today if we're following Jesus? I, I, you know, I'm not killing a lamb outside the backyard. I don't think my HOA allows me to do that. Um, here's why, because when Jesus came, Jesus said, I've come to fulfill the law. I didn't come to do away with it, actually to complete it. And when it comes to these holidays, actually what we see is Jesus used these holidays over and over again to demonstrate and to give the people of Israel a picture of what he came to do and who he really was. And so I want to show you, I gave you this, these details. Just look at this because Jesus came to fulfill or to complete this holiday. Look at just the, these details I think is incredible. Do you know what time Jesus was crucified? We just, we just read it in Mark chapter 15 in my, in my small group just last week. Jesus was crucified at 9 a.m., the same time that the lamb was slaughtered on the day of Passover. Jesus was crucified on the day of Passover, the very day this was happening all around the city. And then actually, it's, it's so crazy. It's right there in Mark 15. He died. He breathed his last at 3 p.m., and there they took the body off, and they set him in a tomb. And what's incredible is Jesus said that my sacrifice, this is what he said, which is amazing. He said, my sacrifice, it doesn't just cover your sin, it removes your sin. Once and for all, that sin is thrown far, far away. Come on, can you put your hands together and celebrate what this means? And, and here's what's so incredible about this and what this represents for us who follow Jesus is that Passover, this isn't something we've got to do over and over and over, year after year, but just once and for all, this, this Jesus came and he fulfilled and completed everything that God intended. And so for us, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Passover represents our salvation, our salvation. And, and I need to be so clear in saying this. Everything that has to do with our salvation, it's all wrapped up into this one holiday. 
What I mean is that, that there's, nothing, there's nothing you can do. You don't have to read your Bible more or go to church more. Or you don't have to give more or whatever. That, that's not how you get this. No, this is a free gift paid for by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, our Passover Lamb. He's the one who paid for it. All we're asked to do is receive it and accept it and to trust it, and that salvation is ours, and I just believe that while, yes, there's, there's more God has to this life, God wanted to make sure that everything, nothing, none of that was brought into this right here, that this is what we celebrate, and, and what's beautiful for you, and what's beautiful for me, is we don't have to do anything else to secure our tomorrow, but to just say yes, and receive the work of Jesus on the cross for you and me, it's incredible. And if you haven't ever done that, you need to make that first step. But, but, there is more. Yes, this is beautiful, but there is more that God has for you. There's more to this life. As we say it here, there's a full life God has for you. There's a life of freedom. There's a life of purpose. There's a, there's a life of significance. All that that God wants to not just, not just promise you for one day, but here and now, there's something God wants to do. And really, there's something else more to that. And that's why I think this next holiday is so important. The one we're focusing on today, it's the holiday of Pentecost. Pentecost. And as I said, this has scared a lot of people for a long time, and I think it's rooted in what this word means. And so I want to teach you in the, in the Hebrew what Pentecost means. It means five times ten. It means fifty. I know, it's scary, right? It's a scary age for some of us who are not there yet. But seriously, that's all it means. It's not that scary, and it's very specifically means 50 because it, mean, it represents a holiday that happened 50 days after Passover. 50 days. Why? What happened then? Well, let me take you back to ancient Jewish history. Here we go. I know you're taking notes. I can see it. So they got set free from Israel, right? And now they're out in the desert and they, they come to this Mount Sinai and right there, God meets with his people. And on this day, what this holiday represents is that there was a day where God came and he, he gave them the law. He gave them the 10 commandments. You know, Moses comes down and his beard's like four foot long and he's got these biceps that are massive because he's carrying these stone tablets, y'all. Have you ever thought about that? He had to be so built just like me. So anyways, he was not joking. <laughs> so there's this moment. This is what Pentecost represents. It just, again, look at the, I had to, I, it's so fascinating. L listen to what happens on that very first day right there at Mount Sinai. When God came and descended on that mountain, there was a cloud that descended on the mountain. You can read about in Exodus with loud noise and fire. And then what God did is God wrote his law and the Ten Commandments on stone. And then, I don't know if you remember, but when that whole day happened and God came down and Moses came down to the people, they actually had turned, chosen to rebel and turn away from God. And because of that decision that they made, actually 3,000 people died that day. Crazy. But, but just look at what happens. In fact, wh why, what does this all have to do with the Holy Spirit and Jesus anyway? Well, let's just look at what Jesus says. Acts chapter 1, I want to take you there. This is actually Luke talking about Jesus 
says that after Jesus suffered, he showed himself to these men, talking about the disciples, but really he showed himself to almost 500 eyewitnesses, and he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, like he ate breakfast with them on the beach, he had conversations with them, he talked to them, and look, on one occasion, while he was eating on them, he, <laughs> eating on them, that's creepy, um, while he was eating with them, Jesus gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift of my father promised, which you have heard me speak about already. For John baptized with water, but in a few days. Now remember, he would have been walking for 40 days. And then he says, in, in a few days. In a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized. And, and what's crazy is 10 days later, and we know it's 10 days later, Because Luke makes sure we understood what day it was. Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost. This wasn't a charismatic movement from the 1900s. This wasn't wasn't like a day that we came up with. This was a holiday. That thousands of people poured into the city of Jerusalem to celebrate. The day that God gave his law, the day that God showed up in that powerful expression. And on that day of Pentecost that year, all these believers, all these disciples were in that place together. And there, for the very first time, the Holy Spirit fell. And some incredible, incredible things happened. You can read about it all in Acts 2, but I just want to show you again. It's so fascinating. You can see this in the story, that when the Holy Spirit fell, he descended with loud noise and with tongues of fire. Crazy, just like Mount Sinai. And then God, he, he declared that when my spirit comes, Jesus declared this, that no longer would there be a, a written law written on stone, but I'm going to write my law on your hearts. And Peter, he stood before these masses who had gathered in Jerusalem from so many different nations, and he was the first one to ever preach the gospel to the nations. And that day, guess how many people got saved? 3,000 people. That's incredible. And why? Why all this show on this specific day of Pentecost. Well, let's just see what Jesus said. Because he was the one who said, I'm going to fulfill everything the Father intended from the first time. He said this. He said, on that day, you will receive power. For what? Not, not for salvation. No, that's already secure. You, you, you don't get power. For, no, that's, that's all in Jesus for what he did on the cross. But on this day, on this day, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? Not for salvation, no, but so that you will be my witnesses. There was a power that had it was tied to a purpose, a mission, something that God intended for his people. It wasn't just to secure our, our, our future. In fact, let me just show you for us as Christians, why do we celebrate Pentecost? Because we recognize that Pentecost represents God's power for us to make a difference. God's power for us to really use our today, our lives here and now to make a difference. And so just let me just summarize everything I've said. Just give you one thing to know. If you don't walk away with anything else today, understand this, that God sent Jesus to secure your tomorrow, but God sent his spirit, come on, to empower your today, 
to empower your today because God has a purpose and a plan on your life. And it's not just about some future tomorrow that he's secured, but here and now, he wants to do something in you. Here and now, he wants to do something in us, in us. This is a promise that Jesus fulfilled when he sent his spirit. And I just want to show you today, what, are the, what is this power for? What, what does this really look like? And again, all this comes from what Jesus taught and what we see in scripture. I want to finish by showing you these three places where, where we see the Holy Spirit was sent to us to empower us. Here's the first one. The Holy Spirit, it empowers me to live righteously. Righteously. Now, check this with me. Because some of you, some of you are still trying to follow something that's, that's written on the outside. Like you're still trying to follow what the Bible says, or you're, you're still trying to follow, you know, maybe what your mom says, or what your parents expect, or maybe your spouse expects. And, and here's how it plays out. You love God, like you're all in, but you just, and you're trying to do this thing, but you just, just be honest, you just don't really want to. Like there's this war inside of you between what you really want and what you, you know that the Spirit wants. And that's because you've never really had a moment where you said, Holy Spirit, I give you the right to come. Here's what's so beautiful. Here's what's so beautiful about this, the gospel and about Jesus and everything is this, is that God isn't waiting on you to figure it all out so that you, he can use you. He's not like, well, once you get all straightened out and cleaned up, then, then we'll start talking business. Then we'll get really serious about what I could do in you and through you. No, here's what's so beautiful is God says, I don't want to just leave you to, to struggle through life and to fight through life. No, I want to come and be with you. I want to come and fill you. Check this. And I want to rewire the desires in your heart. Man, he wants to rewrite his law on your heart and rework that thing. He wants to redeem every promise and purpose, just like these children that we just dedicated a few minutes ago. God has already spoken and declared things over his life, and when we invite his spirit into us, he comes and he just begins to redeem and rewrite some of those longings, some of those passions. He begins to re restore some of what was stolen by lies. He comes and he wants to set us free from everything that'll hold us back, from everything that he'd ordained for you and for me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That he can come and fill your life and truly transform you from the inside out. You believe it? You believe it? That's the first thing. Let me just say it this way to you. God doesn't want you to obey something. God wants you to become someone. He's looking to do something on the inside. And all it requires is you just saying, okay, I'll invite you in. Let's look at the second way the Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit, he empowers me to live supernaturally. To live supernaturally. Now, for a lot of Christians, we, we don't, we don't necessarily have a hard time believing that Jesus could do miracles. That what we see in the eyewitness accounts, the miracles, the healings, the, these incredible acts and demonstrations of God's power. Most of us do not have a problem believing that Jesus actually did those things. And even from a logical standpoint, if I can speak to all my, my uh, other side of the brain people. Um, I don't know which side it is, but it's the, it's the other one. Um, 
if you really believe that God created everything in the natural, then it's not that hard to believe that that God can supersede the natural. You hear what I'm saying? That at any time, he can actually work outside of it, perform miracles. That's not a hard leap to take rationally when you understand that there's a creator of everything we see. That, that's actually really rational to believe. So we don't have a hard time with that. We don't have a hard time believing in Jesus. But what we have a hard time believing is what Jesus said when he said this in John 14. Because he said, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And, whoo, this one's scary to read out loud. And even greater works. Even greater works. And then... A line that we probably read over and don't even think about, but here's his promise. Listen, anyone who believes, and here's how you know it's true, because I am going to be with the Father. What does that mean? Why would you say that then? It's everything he's saying about, it's everything he talked about there through the rest of the chapter, that I'm going to the Father so that I can send my Holy Spirit to empower you to live in a way that is bigger than just your ability and your strength. Come on, you just got to know that God has called you to something that is way bigger and way more than you could ever do on your own. And he has a power that's available to you and I and to us as a new community. I just want to make a bold claim. You do not have to be goofy to, or, or spooky to believe that God can heal and he can heal today. You believe that? I, I just need to let you know God can heal your marriage. God can physically heal your body. God can absolutely reach that one that nobody else can reach. That hardened heart that's been callous with bitterness for decades and decades. It's not too far gone for our God. You believe that? Come on. We believe that God can reach this community. That God can heal this community. That this generation that's coming behind us is not lost. And God will not let them be lost. Because God can reach even the farthest heart that is from him. That's the kind of God we have. That's the kind of God we have. And I'll say it this way. God can do that not just in the macro, but in the mac micro right here in new community. And I believe that we could be a place where people see not a great church, but man, the great and awesome power of God. Come on, do you believe that, Nuko? Do you believe that? Come on, can you say with your heart and your soul, you believe God can work in that way? I, I just... That's our passion for you and for your life. Man, I, I want you, some of you, you're unsure and you just, you, you're, you're not so sure. And that's why I want you to have an experience with the Holy Spirit. Not, not with who they, people say he is, not with what I think he is, but with the real Holy Spirit. Because when you've had that experience, here's what I've experienced. Is that you will see God open doors no man could ever open. You will see God heal, heal diseases and heal situations that medicine just didn't have an answer for. You will see God show up in ways that it's just like, God, the only way, it's just so much bigger than me, it's so much more than my human strength, the only way this has happened is because of you. Every one of you, you are sitting in the middle of a miracle. Two and a half years old, man, what God has done in this theater, it's a miracle what God has built. And we want you to know that and experience that. And we want that to be what new community story is. Man, I, I don't want our message to our community 
to just be wise words and persuasive words. I want it to be so much more. It says, read this from 1 Corinthians. This is my prayer for all of us, not just for me, that our message to our community wouldn't just be wisdom, but it would be a demonstration of the power of God. Why? Why? So that your faith and my faith and our kids' faith and our community's faith doesn't rest on an institution or a personality, but on the power of the living God. Yeah? That's a good old bueno. Let me just say it this way. The power of God, the power of God in the Holy Spirit, it has so much more to do with what God wants to do outside the church than inside the church. And that's just so important for us to hold on to. In fact, that's my last point here today is that the Holy Spirit, it empowers me to live on mission. To live on mission. Empowers me to really live from that place of connected to God's promise and to God's purpose and everything he wants to do in and through us. And and there's a danger to this. And maybe you've seen it. The danger is this, is that anytime, anytime we disconnect God's power from God's purpose, we end up poisoning the church. And some of you have seen that. Some of you have experienced that. This is a, a reality that too many Christians are living and nobody wants it. The reality is that the Holy Spirit is here. What Jesus said, just take it from him. He wants you to have an experience with his Holy Spirit so that you can really get on mission with him. And we talk about Pentecost, we talk about that Acts 2, that moment, but you know what's crazy about that is that wasn't just the only time that happened, that was just the first time. And time and time and again, over decades, you see the Holy Spirit pouring out on Jews and non-Jews, on believers who had been following Jesus for a long time, and on people who are just making the decision in that moment. There's no formula to it. There's so many different expressions of it. It's not this one kind of cookie-cutter way. What you see, though, is God fulfilling a promise that His Holy Spirit is for this age of the church. And until He comes back, He is giving us the promise of His Spirit because He's got a mission. He's got a purpose. And it's so tied to God's heart for the ones who are not in this room yet, for the ones who are lost, His lost sons and His lost daughters. And He's asking the church to be a people who will be on mission with Him and walk in His power to do that very thing. Come on, we're we're the ones We're the ones who should be reaching the kids and the the kids in our foster care in this county. We're the ones, the churches, that should be reaching them and doing something about it. We're the ones who should be feeding the homeless in our city. We're the ones who should be raising up students to impact their schools and impact their campuses and impact Randolph-Macon up in Ashland. We're the ones... We're the ones who are supposed to lead and innovate and create new businesses that bring the gospel and the light of Jesus and the truth of Jesus into this world in creative ways. We're the ones. And he's got too much at stake. Man, he's got a world that needs him. And he's asking for a people to come on, open their hearts to him and say yes 
to that mission and yes to that purpose and that promise. That is why he sent his Holy Spirit. And that is why you desperately need the Holy Spirit. Because I don't want you to settle for anything less than what God has already determined your life should be about. I don't want anyone to settle for that. And yes, you, you just, we're going to help you and we want to care for you and we want to take care of you. But you have to know we're going to be a church that's all about that next one. Yeah? We're going to be a church that's all about the one who's not here yet. The one who still needs to know grace. The one who still needs to be rescued from brokenness. The one who still needs to be rescued from generations and generations of just being torn down and devalued and underestimated and just no worth and no nothing there. We're going to be the ones that say, we're going there. We exist as a church for the community, not the other way around, yeah? Come on, I need a bueno after that. We exist. We don't avoid the messes. We run into them with the gospel. We don't avoid the darkness. We stand in the power of God as a representation of his light. And I'm telling you, this mission, this purpose that God has for you God has for me. God has for all of us. It's just too big. (laughs) None of us are wise enough, experienced enough, knowledgeable enough. Like, we we don't have enough discernment. We're, We're just not enough. But the God who can do immeasurably more than I can even imagine or think, that God, said, I promise I'm going to send you my spirit so that I can do more in you than you could ever do on your own. And I believe that God is right here today. And he's begging you, come on, to clear your slate and open your heart. Some people have asked me, are we a Pentecostal church. <laughs> in fact, I've got lots of crazy stories. When you start a new church, you got all kinds of crazy questions. But people ask me that. You want to know my answer? Sure. Here's why. Because we're going to be a church on mission. And we're going to believe that the mission is too big for us. And that no matter how tight my jeans get, <laughs> or how cool our lights get, or how cool our reels are, We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Are you going to be a Pentecostal church? Yeah, because there's things in me that still, I I just, I I have a war of wants between what I want and the thing, my own tendencies and my own lies and my own weaknesses. And I need to invite the Holy Spirit to come because I just can't do it on my own. I just, I, I don't have what it takes to rewire it at the heart level. Yes, counseling is great. Yeah, we believe in what God can do just through, through hearing his word, but there's something more his spirit can do. And I'm just inviting you to clear your slate and really invite the Holy Spirit to come in. In fact, would you just do this? Would you stand with me here today? We're just gonna finish here in the next few minutes and I, I, I wanna just, 
I think there's a simple invitation for every single one of us, no matter who we are, no matter our background or where we come from or our story. Maybe you're here today and, and you've had one of those, really, really this is the, the step is to just clear your slate because you've had some misconceptions, you've had some negative experiences and you just, you just need to say, God, I'm, I, I'm willing to set that aside, but I don't want to set you aside. And you need to open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here and you're, you're in another camp and you just, you just never known. Like you're, you love God. You love God, but there's something today that happened in you where you realized, man, you've never really walked in being full of the Holy Spirit and baptized. As Hannah said, it's not just, you don't just breathe in the Spirit of God once. It's a day after day relationship with Him. It's walking with Him in so many different ways, and there is so much more to the life. Yes, Jesus secures your tomorrow, but He has something for you today. Or maybe you're here today, and your situation, you just realize you're in a situation that is too great for human power. And you need a miracle. Come on, no matter who you are, if that's you, or if you're someone who needs to clear the slate, or you're just ready to take a next step with the Holy Spirit of God, I just want to invite you, just open your hands to Him like this. Nothing magical, nothing special. It's just a representation of your heart posture. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Just begin to open your hearts, and we're just going to pray and just invite the Holy Spirit. Beautiful all over this room. It's beautiful. Lord Jesus, I just invite you right now to send your Holy Spirit. God, and would you begin to pour out in a way that, Lord, reveals who you are, your goodness, your peace, your presence, the security of your promise. God, I pray that right here in this space, you would begin to make yourself known in an undeniable way that people would sense your presence in their life, Lord, and that they would know, they would be open, Lord, to that filling of the Holy Spirit right here, God. I'm asking you to do a miracle and begin to rewire some desires. God, there's people in here that got addictions. They've got places in dark, dark, dark spaces in their life that they just don't know how to get through. They want to get over it. They want to get done with it. Right here, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to set them free from that darkness, set them free from that addiction. God, I'm asking you to come and rewire hearts, restore purpose, restore promises right here. Would you just begin to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and invade your heart, to come and invade your thoughts and your mind, transform your mind, renew your mind, to begin to reawaken your soul, that you will be awakened for today and what God wants to do in you today. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to do what I can't and I'm asking you to pour out on every person. Come on, make this your prayer. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.